Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everyone, I'm Kara Emily Krantz, the writer of today's episode. You're listening to Gather by the Ghost Light. Right, welcome back to Gather by the Ghostlight Original Stories for Radio Theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And I just want to say many, 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 many thanks to all of you out there that have been recently leaving ratings and reviews for this podcast. You know that kind of thing. It really does help others discover this podcast. And and I've heard now. This is just what I've heard. But I've heard that leaving a good rating for this podcast has been known to increase your lifespan by like ten percent. It was a whole scientific study they did just last year. So, so there you go. If you if you want that little that increase that little bump in your lifespan, you you go leave a good rating or a review, and then you got that going for you. All right, now sit back and let me tell you about the story you're going to hear today. This one was written by Kara Emily Krantz. Miss Krantz is an award-winning playwright and teacher based in Massachusetts, and today you're going to hear her play called Recess. In this heartwarming story, two young children enact on a playground how they imagine what life would be like as adults. But perhaps they're merely practicing for the future, and they're destined to spend their lives together. Now, before we begin, I want to take a moment to tell you about the two child actors you're going to hear perform this play. They are local stage actors named Luke Romagnoli and Mia Price. Luke is currently starring in James and the Giant Peach with a musical theater workshop, and that show goes up in April. And Mia is currently acting in two productions with the Augusta Players: Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which goes up in February, and also she's in the play We Are Monsters, which goes up in March. So if you live in or near the Augusta, Georgia area, go and check out these extremely talented kids on stage, along with the rest of the amazing cast in those productions. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Recess, written by Kara Emily Krantz, and be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Lucas, quit pushing me! Stop it! No, you stop it! No, you stop! I'm gonna tell Miss Johnson. Then you'll lose recess and have to stay inside. 
far, far away where you can't push me anymore. Hey, that's not fair, Georgie. You pushed me first. Well, who do you think she's going to believe? I got all the math questions right, while you just got yelled at for picking your nose. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Girls are gross. Boys are gross. The boy I'm going to marry isn't going to be gross. Any boy who'd marry you is gross. You'd marry me, and yeah, you're gross. Why do you always say I'd marry you? I would not marry you. Yes, you would, and we'd be happy every day and have ice cream whenever we wanted, and the kids would be in bed by 7 o'clock. Nuh-uh. Our kids would never go to bed because we want to be with them all the time. Ooh, ooh, okay. So you be the husband and I'll be Georgina, your wife. And you're just getting home and I can't wait to see you and you can't wait to see me. Honey, you're home. <sighs> Why can't we just play dinosaurs? No, 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 no. Do it right. Fine, okay, okay. Quit pushing me. Honey, you're home. I need a drink. Oh, okay. Well, we have apple juice or orange juice or perhaps a bit of freshly squeezed. No juice. I want a daddy drink. Hmm. Well, my daddy drinks milk. Okay, get me milk. Here's your milk. I'm happy you're home. How was your day? My day was dumb. And you're dumb. No, you're supposed to say, It was fine, honey. And you look beautiful. And the partners thought you were indispensable and now you have a raise. Uh, it was fine. You look beautiful. And the partners think I'm dense and, uh, like raisins. Yay! I made banana splits for dinner. But first, you go hop in the shower and wash off the worries of the day. But I do tubby after dinner. Yeah, because kids take tubby after dinner. Daddies take showers when they get home to wash off the worries of the day. Then, they sit in the biggest chair they can find and smell like pine trees and drink their milk. But you already gave me milk. Fine. I'll take the milk and you take the shower. Okay. Soap. Shampoo. Ooh, dinosaurs. Roar. Roar. Okay, okay. Now it's nighttime and the kids are in bed and you can relax and tell me how you really feel. That's good, because I've been meaning to talk to you about Susie. I know she's your youngest, but she does whatever she wants, and I want her to respect you. Oh, that's sweet. And I know the rent is late, but don't worry. It hasn't always been easy, but we manage somehow. We do, don't we? That's because I'll always take care of you, Georgie. No, call me Georgina. But I call you Georgie. Not when I'm your wife, because we're all grown up and you call me Georgina and we talk about what I do all day while you're busy and important at work. What? do you do all day? Well, it's not like school where we're together all the time and we have recess, so I probably miss you an awful lot. Oh, that's very kind of you. But you should probably do something more important while I'm at work. Maybe... Oh, maybe I'll color all the furniture green, the floor and the chairs and the refrigerator and everything because it's your favorite color and then it's like we're always having a picnic. Georgina, I'm sorry, but that is just an awesome use of your time. Great! I'll do that now, and you can tell me all the reasons you married me. Let me just get my markers, and now... Well, I knew you since you were a little girl. Such a spitfire, always telling me what to do, ordering me around, painting our imaginary appliances inappropriately bright colors. I never really stood a chance. I dated other girls. Repeatedly broke your heart. 
Here, hold the other markers. I only need green. You were my best friend. And I never really considered marrying another person. <laughs> Probably due to the fact that we played house so many times. It was hard to imagine coming home to any other face but yours. Okay, all green. It looks dumb. You're dumb. This game is dumb. No, it's not. We're practicing being mommies and daddies and being married to each other. I'd rather practice being dinosaurs. That's just not practical, Lucas. This is going to help us in real life. But I'm no good at it. You're so good at it, and we're just going to get better. Okay, now you're over here, and I'm over here, and you can decide what we talk about. Um, can we start from the beginning when I come home? Of course we can. That's my favorite part, because I've been missing you all day. Knock, knock. <clears throat> Hi, honey. I'm home, and you look beautiful, Georgina. And I see you have painted our kitchen green, like a picnic. What do you think? Do you like it? Do you love it? I love it so much it hurts. But I can't help but wonder, why didn't you paint it blue? That's a very good question, Lucas. I painted it green because you like green, and because it's like a picnic, and because... Blue would be too much like the bedroom. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I painted our bedroom blue, like the sky, so it's like we're always flying. And in for the landing. <laughs> flying is awesome. It really is, and so are you, and I'm so glad you're home. I'm happy to be home too. <clears throat> So, what's for dinner? Meatloaf and gravy and peas. The peas are green. I'll stir it all up and keep it warm while you wash off the worries of the day. I was consistently perplexed by everything you did. You were always so happy and excited, so sure of yourself. My mother was never like that. It was wonderful to imagine that coming home could feel so warm. The first time you met her, gosh, we must have been 16. You shook her hand and said, thank you for raising such a wonderful young man. You and your keen ability to say exactly what someone needs to hear. Your words put tears in my mother's eyes. I never thanked you for that. Oh, my, my, why haven't you gone anywhere? Until you wash off the worries of the day, you can't drink your milk and smell like pine trees and eat this delicious dinner I've been slaving over all day. Okay. Washing off the worries of the day. Drying myself off. Smelling like a Christmas tree. And here I am, hungry and ready to tell you you're beautiful. You already told me that, silly, when you got home. Well, it seemed like something you liked, so I said it again. Oh, that's sweet. How was your day at work? Sit while I serve you dinner. Work was great. I think they finally understand how much potential I have. That's wonderful, Lucas. I'm so lucky to know you. And I cook the vegetables in a special sauce that makes them taste like chocolate and not like vegetables. Whoa, you are really good at cooking. Why, thank you, most excellent husband. You are really good at things, too. I'm going to eat everything in sight, and you can tell me all the things I'm good at. Um, well, you're good at being my husband. Just like you were always so good at being my friend. Yes, 
even when we got older and you started dating everyone but me. And you're good at being a son. When you took that job at the lumberyard so your mom could train to be an RN, you were so proud of her. And I was so proud of you. I'm done, and I'm so full I can't breathe. This was the best picnic ever, and now I'm going to take a nap in front of the TV. <sighs> and you're good at forgiving. I'm sorry. I came from such a happy home. I didn't know what your life was like. I didn't know... I mean, I was playing house, but you... You were playing fairy tales. I'm glad you were willing to make them real. Eventually. With me. <sighs> okay, now what? Well, if you're done being lazy in front of the TV, then we can stay up as late as we want and drink tea and listen to jazz music. That's a thing people do? Yeah, silly. Then they dance in the living room and whisper things that make each other laugh. Okay, let's dance. No, 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 no. Not like that. Come here, like this. No, the daddy puts his hand here under my arm and he smiles real big like he's the happiest daddy in the world. Ah, uh, I'm no good at this. Yes, you are. How am I supposed to know what daddies would do? You just do what they do, like the way mommy sings when she cooks spaghetti, or how she gets so grumpy when daddy drags mud into the house with his big smelly shoes. I don't know. You just copy your daddy, like I copy my mommy. Stop talking, Georgie. Daddies aren't always there, and mommies aren't always laughing. I never see my daddy, so I don't know what he'd do, and mommy cries a lot, and I never want you to feel that way, and this game is dumb, and I'm dumb. Lucas, you're not dumb. And this game isn't dumb. Your daddy is dumb for not coming home like a daddy is supposed to. What if I never know what to do? I'll help you, silly, and you can come over and watch my daddy. And maybe you already know in your heart what to do, because you're really good at this game, I promise. Thank you, Georgina. You can call me Georgie now. Georgie, you're going to be the best wife ever. I know. Mwah. That was Recess, written by Kara Emily Krantz. It was performed by Luke Romagnoli as Lucas, Mia Price as Georgina, Robert J. LeBlanc as adult Lucas, and Chelsea Mahoney as adult Georgina. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So with me now is the writer of the story you just heard. She is a playwright poet, a director, a theater teacher, and she's also a photographer based in Massachusetts. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kara Emily Krantz. Kara, how are you? 
Hi, I'm I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Now you have a pretty extensive background, a lot of creative endeavors, and you're an educator of theater. So tell us what your your origin story is and how you got into theater and, and writing and all that good stuff. Well, uh, my mom definitely raised me with a really deep respect for theater. It was a huge pastime, was going to the theater. And I never imagined that I would get into it and be as involved as I am. Um, but I did always want to be a writer. I just didn't know I was a playwright until my 30s. So I wrote poetry and I wrote um, a, a novel at one point, a romance novel. And and then I just kind of left that behind and tried to just like, you know, be practical, became an English teacher, kind of focused on that. My art expression was the photography, but then theater just kept coming back. And uh, one day it was kind of like an aha that I was a playwright. And I returned to school to get my second master's and MFA in writing for stage and screen. And that really changed the direction of my life these last five, seven years. Awesome. So with all this going on, you know, it sounds like you you need a, a bit of a break or a recess, we should say, huh? How about that segue? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so let's talk about uh, the play that everyone just heard that you wrote. Uh, it's called Recess. And it's about these these two young kids and their relationship and how they're playing house on, on this playground. And then we get little glimpses into their future with these little flash forwards that you put in. And this place had many productions. It even won People's Choice Award at Brisk Theater Festival in Hollywood. And it won Best Original One Act at the Sing Theater and Performance Center. Uh, so as you were getting this idea for this play and as you started typing out the script uh, as, as a writer, what was going through your head? What was your inspiration for putting this together? Well, especially with the shorter plays, I like to let my characters maybe have a little more fun. I maybe try to control them a little bit less than with the full length where you feel like you kind of need to navigate the narrative in a more specific way. Uh, so with this, I kind of just let the children speak. <laughs> I, I created the what if scenario and then I let them say what they wanted to say. And one thing that was really unexpected to me was the um, the grown adult asides that entered in. Those monologues were not anticipated, but it was almost like uh, the older versions had something to say. And so I let them say it and, and it kind of just fell together in a really lovely way. Very nice. And that's one of the things I love about this script is your clever use of the the flash forward. And I know in the stage play version of the script, you have it written for two actors to perform, uh, which they're basically playing the child characters and then the adult versions. And so as you're playing House, when these glimpses into the future come along, they just kind of turn towards the audience and they give their brief monologue talking about the later years. Um, and I remember when we first started talking about this play, I mentioned, you know, I'd really like to use four actors, you know, I'll get actual child actors, because um, I'm, it feels like in all the stage productions, you probably, they probably did it with adult actors playing the child and then the adult versions. But for the audio play, I really wanted to use child actors and then have adult kind of inner voice <laughs> kind of come over them as they're playing house. Um, so in, in all the productions that this play has had, have you ever seen it done, presented in a different way than what you wrote in the stage play version? Have you ever seen it with four actors, maybe the adults on the side and when their monologues come along, maybe a spotlight hits them or something, or has it always just been, you know, two, two actors performing everything? 
It has always been two actors uh, with the youngest ages probably being when uh, junior highs or high schools, you know, when, when schools perform it. Those are the youngest ages I've seen perform. So they've never, ever been really close to the actual kindergarten sort of age. Uh, and I've had all the way up to uh, adults in their 50s performing. So it, it, the only stipulation I really put was that the ages are near each other. Uh, but this was a really exciting take on it because it made so much sense for an audio radio play version as to have the children <laughs> have the children speak. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. And from what I've seen online, this place had many productions performed over the year. Um, have you had a chance to see any of them? And are there any that really stood out? Not that they were better or worse, but maybe they did something unique that you were kind of impressed with when you saw it or anything like that? I really think it's interesting what the directors and the actors choose to highlight and the way that they choose to unveil emotionally how intimate and close the relationship really is between these two characters and that they have a history all the way forward and all the way backwards and to show little glimpses in um, and how they reveal that intimacy, how they reveal this knowing that we know something really deep and profound about each other. And by by having these little beautiful moments, we're going to show a glimpse of that to the audience. And sometimes that's really stunning, the way that they choose to handle that and navigate that. So I've I've seen a lot of just like unique interpretations of that emotional arc and how silly and or how serious in any given moment the actors are being. And maybe sometimes sprinkling in the adult element in the child's play of just like this little, this wink, this nod towards the future. And I love that. I kind of want to visit another play you wrote. Uh, it's one of your your first plays you ever wrote, No Bark, No Bite. Um, all Bark, No Bite. All Bark, yeah. No Bite. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. All Bark, oh. No Bite. I believe it was the first full-length play you wrote and the first one did. Yes. From what I read, in 2016, you self-produced it for its first production and it went on to have more productions and it got published. Um, and I know there there's a lot of playwrights out there that have either done it or are considering self-producing, but there's a lot of risk involved because you're putting in your own money, you're relying on an audience to come see a play they've never heard of, written by a playwright they've probably never heard of, <laughs> and there's a lot of marketing and advertising involved, and I know some playwrights that have done it, and they, they've they had a lot of success, and others have told me, you know, I kind of I kind of lost everything that I put in because there was a six-person audience and two of them were my parents, and, you know, so mm. it's different for everyone. So as far as self-producing goes uh, for this play in particular, what was the experience like for you when you did it? It was awesome. I, I, I <laughs> It sold me on self-producing and I believe deeply in it. It also sold me on self-directing, which is something that, uh, you know, you kind of as a no-no is like, should playwrights direct their own work? And I think, yes, if you have an open enough mind, if you're someone who can receive feedback, and criticism and adjust accordingly. I think that it's an amazing opportunity to, to see the inside of the machine that you kind of created and, and what actually works and doesn't work and not hold everything so preciously, but be like, you know, work with the actors, have have actors that you trust and 
are willing to receive feedback from. And I think the key was that I was already deeply enmeshed in the local theater scene. So, you know, finding venues, finding volunteers, finding assistance with uh, my current tech director, actually, uh, at the private school we both work at. We were friends back then, and he came and helped me back then, too, when I was self-producing and and became, you know, volunteered his tech director services. And people are really excited about creating new work. And so the money can be kept very minimal. I think I spent $500 on that first production. Uh, and I was able to to get that back. But even if I hadn't, it was a test in discovering my voice as a director, as a playwright, seeing what this felt like and looked like on its feet. And it was incredibly uh, empowering <laughs> and and exciting to to watch happen. And the script went so went through so much development. I had incredible actors who were willing to work with that and and grow along with the play. Awesome. That's good to hear. So. Like I said, you know, for for some it's very successful. For you, it seems like it was successful, and and you know, some might mm-hmm. not have worked out so well. Uh, so, coming from you, what what advice might you give for others that want to kind of go down the self producing route? Like, what worked for you, and what were some things that maybe didn't work so well? I'd say what worked was, you know, keeping it as simple as possible, not you know, working within. Um, working within the extent of your reach of like who you know and what they offer and uh, that it doesn't, that people are willing to suspend their disbelief for for any performance. You know, we can watch something in our living room and be transported uh, by live theater, by live performances. And so trusting that and that as simple as you need to get in order to self-produce, there's still a story to be told. There's still uh essential things that can be created through soundscape and basic lighting and costuming and that you don't have to break break the bank and to not be afraid to ask for help and for buy-in from other people to donate their services or donate their materials because people get excited about participating in art especially if they don't particularly consider themselves creators of art they want to support those who are creators. They want to be part of that process. And it can be a really exciting collaborative thing if you kind of reach out uh, in your network and be very engaged in your local theater. And so that it's not like you're suddenly someone who's looking for favors. You're someone who has been present and uh, participating (laughs) in the in the craft for a while with everyone else. Yeah, It definitely helps to the connections you make over the years as you're involved in theater, that definitely mm-hmm. helps with something like that, I'm sure. And if you don't have those connections, they can be created. It doesn't take a long time to create friendships when you are offering genuine support mm-hmm. and connection with something that we all love so much. See, that's the great thing about the theater community is that, you know, is if we all support each other, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's support coming all around. Um, yes. But so what is, do you have anything coming up for you or do you have any play productions coming up that you'd like to share with anyone or anything creative you're doing that people can come out and support you uh yeah i mean there's now that we're kind of coming out of this pandemic era uh people are starting to open up their theaters again more and more taking more risks on new work uh all bark no bite will be produced in a couple places in the next year um recess is being uh, definitely uh, through a couple of colleges and and other schools are is being directed. And for myself, uh, I'm really involved in my uh, the local private school that I work at right now. And right now, I'm mentoring 
between uh, three young playwrights and they are writing and directing their own pieces. And these are ninth and 10th grade freshmen and sophomores in high school. And the way that they are taking notes, taking feedback, incorporating it, synthesizing it, doing like full on rewrites, things that most writers resist <laughs> well into their 20s and 30s. That is so uh, true. <laughs> they're doing this at 15, 16. I'm so impressed. And so I'm finding a lot of fulfillment, uh, like mentoring them and and being part of that process with them and and guiding them as they develop their voices. So that's been that's coming up in the next few months for me. And that's kind of taking a lot of my energy and attention in a good way. Very nice. And so you're also a photographer. I've seen some of your portfolio work. You're a great photographer. So yeah. anyone in the Massachusetts area that that's looking for a photographer, uh, how can they get yes. in touch with you about that? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. So my writing website is caraemily.com and my photography site is caraemilycrantz.com. So it's just my name in different forums. And I, I love telling stories through the lens, too. It's just another way of expressing that uh, the stories of our lives and the emotions that we experience. And I, I, I adore capturing those um, just those moments for people. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, Kara. Thank you for letting me produce your awesome oh. play. The The kids that, you know, they, they came over to record and they just, they loved the experience so much. Their parents <laughs> loved it. And that makes me so happy. Yeah. It's a whole other element that you brought on that is unexpected and really delightful. So thank you. Yeah, we have a, a, a lot of great child acting programs in town and it's so it, it, it makes me feel good when I can, when I get these plays, I don't, I don't get them all the time, but you know, when I find a good one that has child actors in it, I love just being able to reach out um, to the community and getting the, the kids involved and you know, they're <laughs> so talented, but for you, keep, yeah. keep creating, keep directing, educating, teaching, photographing, doing all that stuff. And <laughs> uh, I really hope to uh, have you back on in the future. Thank you, Jonathan. I hope so too. Thank you all for listening, and if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatheredbythegostlight at gmail.com or reach out to the playwright directly by visiting her website, caraemily.com. If you'd like to have some Gathered by the Ghostlight merchandise, t-shirts, and the year one and year two books are available at the merchandise link that you can find in the show notes. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47 with featured music on this episode by composer Exist Strategy. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard. Let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghostlight on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook. And as always, stay safe. And I'll see you next time we Gather by the Ghostlight.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.